0: What do you think are some of the most interesting product themes or product industries that we've talked about on the show?
1: I think off the top of my head, like marketplaces kept coming up and Mm -hmm. I thought it was super interesting from my perspective. Like we talked about it a lot in my MBA coursework of what is a two sided marketplace and, and how do you like adhere to the, the buyers and how do you adhere to the sellers and just the value in there? And so it was nice to actually kind of break that down into like mini case studies.
0: Welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee.
1: And Ember Co-Captain, co-host Mike Alcazarin. So Jeff, what's the most unnecessary mega-sequel series? And please tell me why it's James Cameron adding an additional 15 to 20 hours of Avatar.
0: Uh, I thought you were talking about Avatar, The Last Airbender. And I was like, I could take 15 (laughs) more hours of that. But on that note, talking about animated series, I would say probably any anime like naruto or one piece i think there's like several hundred episodes so there's a lot of a lot of episodes there uh today's show we're talking about well product explained explained
1: question mark question mark mark. um no i love it no this is super exciting so This is episode 111, folks. That's 111 for all of you data nerds out there. This show will dive into the history, the strategy, and co-hosts behind Product Explained, so Jeff and myself. But before we get there, just two quick PSAs for our audience. So first is uh, shortly we'll be releasing season two. We're, We're super excited about it. During season two, Jeff and I are switching up the format to an interview style format, we will switch back to your regularly regularly scheduled product explained format of what is this product, what's the business case, competitors, history, and all of that. But we thought it'd be cool to to invite some interviewees onto the show to get a product perspective from people in different respective fields. So we have some cool guests, some doctors of physical therapy, the tech co-founders with some design experts sprinkled in. The second PSA that we have is, if you've enjoyed this show, I have three asks. So share it with a friend that you think might enjoy this episode or any episodes. Second, give us a rating or review on your favorite platform. That helps a ton with ability so other people can find this show. And third, tweet about us. So send us a tweet. We love engaging with our audience, letting folks know what we liked about it, specific call-outs from the episodes, and just getting all that feedback makes a better show. And with that PSA, let's kick off this season one wrap-up episode. So Jeff and I are both engineers by training and product managers in the in the real world and IRL, I guess. And we got to go with some data, I think, to, to start this. So we'll start off with some rapid fire metrics. And so our, just for our audience, so Jeff has not seen, this would be like, a, <laughs> we're doing it live here. Um, and so Jeff has not seen these questions, so I'll be feeding to him. But Jeff, what are our top three most listened to product explained episodes? And then how many listens did we average on those episodes?
0: Okay, I don't know the numbers, but I'm going to scan through the episodes. That I mean, we've done so many, it's hard to remember all of them. I know that Airtable is up there. It might be our most listened to show. And then for other ones, I'm going to guess that Instacart did well. And then I'm going to guess one of our early episodes did well, maybe like Netflix. And in terms of the Ooh. average on those episodes, I'm going to say, I don't know, like, 250 listens?
1: Man, it's like you know the show really well. So our top episode is Airtable with 500 episodes, uh, not including the Spotify listens, which is pretty cool. So thanks for everyone that's that's uh, been listening to the Airtable episodes. I'm curious why it was uh, super popular. Number two and three are Figma and Theranos. So Figma comes in at about 350 and Theranos is right behind it at 320 um interesting. it's interesting though because instacart is number four at 250 so like you called it spot on <laughs> with instacart being you know early and then i think the other top one is, is is netflix is up there netflix is either episode one or two that we did so and that's mm-hmm. just about 200 200 listens so it's cool to, to, to see that and you're not too far off so i'm not surprised you...
0: about uh, the two that were up there i mean i think they had both Figma and Theranos had pretty interesting, like there was interesting events that were happening around the time that we released those episodes. Yep. Obviously like, Theranos got acquired. was, yeah, Figma got acquired. It was a big acquisition right at the beginning of the downturn when people were like, it's crazy to acquire a company for 20 billion right now. Um, and then Could at the same time, <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, Theranos, uh, it was right at the peak of some of the court hearings and stuff like that with um, Elizabeth Holmes. So I think some of it is just opportune timing. Some of it we knew, like we knew that Theranos hearing was coming up, but we did not know that Figma was going to get acquired. Otherwise we wouldn't (laughs) be doing the show and we would be sipping margaritas on a beach somewhere if we had anticipated that sort of acquisition. But um,
1: yeah, interesting. Jeff, maybe it was like your, cause we design everything in Figma by we, I mean you, it's the Royal we, Jeff designs all of our, our show art in Figma. Maybe it's because you put Elizabeth Holmes face on a, you know, instead of the Theranos. logo,
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that might be something that you might see as we move into season two. So keep an eye (laughs) out for
1: those. More of Elizabeth Holmes face on our episodes. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Second question, Jeff, what is the average Jeff and Mike product score? And then what do you think is the highest episode and lowest episode for each of us?
0: I think the average score for me is probably like a 4.1. And my guess for you is very close because I know you've been trying to bring it down. (laughs) <laughs> i'll give you like a 4.2 um in terms okay. of highest and lowest for each of us yep for me it's probably like a 4.6 as high and then low is maybe like a i mean i don't know where theranos is <laughs> On
1: that, <laughs> i think theranos broke the scales it's zeros i think for both i don't of even us.
0: know where juicero is like a 1.5 um so we, we we
1: gave we gave juicero some credit i think on this one okay um let's see what here juicero is 2.5 for jeff and 2.0 for me and i think like thinking back to that because i was literally two years ago we were giving them a ton of credit because we're both mechanical engineers and juicero which was essentially a cold press juice juice machine that cost you know hundreds of dollars and it was basically just mechanical engineers wet dream like they spent so much money yeah, uh, right <laughs> much. building that thing yeah exactly um, um, for
0: you, Mike, you trend a little bit higher. So I would say, I, uh, did you give a 5.0? I'm going to say at least a 4.9. And then ooh, for Lois, so, it might have been Juicero. So maybe that
1: 2.0. Yeah. So the, the lowest non-zero, because I think we had zeros for Theranos for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but my lowest non-Theranos zero was Quibi at 0.5. And yours was the same. It was it, one, one star out of five for, for Quibi in terms of average scores so you were actually 3.93 so you're a little bit lower a little bit more critical and i was 4.00 flat i had to extend out some zeros there and it was actually 4.004 <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> it's funny how spot on i was to to the four star average your highest was 4.75 guess which product it was
0: i feel like it was i feel like it was recent what product was this
1: so it was the original iPod that you rated the highest product. I'm oh, wow. It. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I should be happy or if I should be upset with you, Jeff. <laughs> like, But sticking to your guns here. I think my rationale at the time holds true now, which is
0: um, the iPod in and of itself, I wouldn't say like is a I mean, it was an MP3 player. It's kind of interesting because it like revolutionized the listening space. But what I will say is that it set Apple on this really interesting trajectory. That I would say, I would argue that changed like how we consume the internet altogether. So the iPod happened, Apple made a turnaround, became much more of a consumer product, put the iPhone into people's pockets, and then smartphones became more of a thing. And that was kind of like the second wave of the internet. Like before it was like the internet's cool, we have email. (laughs) And then then it was like, oh, the internet's amazing. It's in your pocket. And I want to say that. While technically the smartphone was the thing that did it, I think there was this kind of trajectory that happened that kicked off with the iPod. So I think that's where I'm giving it a lot of credit with respect to like Johnny Ives and all this sort of design first thinking that Apple had that really is like core to their culture today. But yeah, to me, like that's probably why I gave it. I I can't remember that episode it was one of our earliest, but uh, my guess is that's probably why I gave it such a high score.
1: That sounds right. I I won't tell you no because I, I don't have it at the show notes at the top <laughs> top of my uh, top of my uh, head here. And I think the, the other three that you had, and I think this is just a lens into Jeff, is uh, four point seven. You had three, and that was NFL Plus, Disney Plus, and Figma. So three very Jeff products that I, I, I was just I was just shocked to see the iPod at four point seven five because I I I guessed actually in my head it was going to be NFL Plus because you and I text all the time about you know. NFL Red Zone. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. All, all, all of that. And then even before the show, we were talking about Disney Plus and the latest Star Wars and or episodes. And then for me, I had two five star episodes, which I was surprised. I thought it was only one five star episode. I had both Arcadia and Beyond Meat as five out of five. Um, and I probably should have just given Ren our most recent h- episode, 110, a five out of five. And no surprise there. <laughs> all those products are Carbon or sustainability related. Right. So that's very on brand, I feel, like for me. So so no surprises there. Um okay. Last uh, last metrics question, Jeff. What's our longest episode? There's gotta be like a
0: 45-minute episode in there somewhere. I don't think we ran I don't think we've run like an hour-long episode. I think 45 no, minutes no. is pretty long. I'm gonna guess like I'll shave it off a little bit. I'll say 43 minutes, but I can't tell you which exact episode. Let me skim through it was the original ipod episode i'm just kidding it was... uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes it's it's funny because sometimes we go into these episodes thinking they're going to be quick and we have a lot more to say about them i'm going to say it was like 43 minutes in instagram or something
1: so it was tesla at 39 minutes um, oh, okay which i thought was super interesting so about a year and a half ago on march 22nd is when we did but actually, the <laughs> they were not. I'm I'm saying this tongue in cheek now with the original iPod because that episode was 36 minutes long. I think that was one of the episodes that you're talking about. It's like we can't talk about the original iPod for 36 minutes and (laughs) here we are. Yeah. So, but yeah, Tesla was like number 39 minutes was our longest episode to date. The average episode for those who are curious was 29.3 minutes or so for, for episodes. So we, Jeff and I really tried to stick to 20, 30 minute episodes. So I'm glad that we were on there. I I would love to go into like all the variants and all of that, but that's just kind of boring metrics. So <laughs> yeah, those are some some rapid fire metrics. So, you know, our top three most listened to episodes were uh, Airtable, Figma, Theranos, average product score is 3.97 um, and longest episode is is Tesla.
0: All right, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here, Mike. So I don't know if you've gotten some questions about this. I'm sure I've at some point gotten some questions about starting a podcast and what it takes. How about we tell folks like behind the scenes, what's our gear? Uh, what software do we use? And then also how do we actually get from recording episodes to putting them live on air.
1: Ooh, that's a that's a good one. I know we get this a lot, you know, for folks that are interested in, you know, podcasting and all of that. So, I actually don't know the brand of my microphone. I have to like look, look at it right now. It's Maono and it was like a $60 um 59.99 something like that podcast microphone on Amazon. It's probably like 4.7 something stars and above on Amazon and I I think you recommended it to me, Jeff. And it's got like a mechanical boom arm, which is really nice that I like. It's got a windscreen, so I don't spit. Um, and yeah, it, it seems to be doing really well. But I guess the listeners can be the, uh, the true... <laughs> let me know if my <laughs> mic actually sucks. I've been like, I've had this like Sure microphone, like the $230 USB, like their highest end USB microphone in my Amazon wish list for the longest time. And I just like, I have, like, I, I, I can't justify spending like another $200 or an extra, you know, $250 just to upgrade my audio, like, slightly. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been on the fence about that. But if anyone wants to get me an early 11 month early Christmas gift, yeah, Christmas is a little late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Either a very late 2022 Christmas or very early 2023 Christmas gift, the Sure microphone. But no, J- Jeff and I try to keep it super simple for for recording. So in terms of process of so Jeff and I both use the open source software called audacity we'll mm-hmm. link this into the show notes as well and so audacity is pretty cool we use that and so jeff and i record separately locally on our specific our individual computers we just find that it's one of the higher it's it's one of the ways to get higher quality audio so jeff and i will we used to like time it i think we used to clap or do something but then we realized we could do that in post but we'll hit the record button and then we'll upload that to a google drive And then Jeff will take that and then put that into our Descript software. So Descript is a really cool platform that transcribes all the written words. And so as uh, people will hear on the the video screen is Jeff said typo. And so typo is our like word. I I don't want to say it too many times because we'll have to control F and search for it. But (laughs) that typo word is our control F word where we can say, hey, like, we need to cut some of this because we did. We had an error for this, and Descript is great for that. And so Jeff will, Jeff and I will edit all the you know filler words out, the ums, the as, the likes. I realize how often I say you know and like and um. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were your filler words, Jeff? I think
0: they're the same. So there's a lot of ums. There's a lot of you knows, uhs. Those are probably it.
1: Yeah. They, like they, they, I, the, I find them a lot. All the classics. It's interesting though, because if you take all of those, all of them out, it doesn't sound good when you listen to it, because I feel like every person naturally has a little bit of added fillers just to give space in, in, in between how they're talking. So, you know, there's a creepiness factor when you start removing too many of those. But after we edit individually in Descript, Jeff will upload that into our Pinecast platform. So Pinecast is a podcasting platform. Um, what would you call it, Jeff? A, a platform or just like a, a distrib- an distribution
0: service, basically? Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so basically, Pinecast enables you to upload a audio file with the show notes, and then you link all of the different platforms, like your Spotify's, your Google's, your you know Apple, any platform that there is. There's like there's actually like twenty five or thirty platforms that are on there that it connects you to, which is great, and it pushes that out on a set schedule and gives you some metrics and after that happens and Jeff autumn Jeff handles that part of it on um, for me on the social media side we actually use headliner to create an automated 60 second script snippet that we use for social media posts which is really cool I mean I'll, I'll sit down in Monday mornings and with a cup of coffee it's actually the first thing I do and write down some edited show notes and maybe a quick social media post on like you know whatever this is the summary this is why you should listen to it and then post that to our instagram account and i think that's like the full loop of of software and jeff like like, what are you using for it to record in terms of hardware
0: um for the mic i am using a sure uh mv7 it's the usb only one not the one with the uh the fancy xlr because i don't have a I don't want to get like a, a mini deck set up uh which would have made yep. this way more expensive and I think the the sound sounds really good, just directly USB in. Before this, I was using a Blue Yeti for several years and even in a previous podcast. But I found the MV7 is just way superior um, in terms of audio quality. It also helps because I think some mics are better for certain rooms. Like I'm a, I'm just recording in an office right now and I don't have any uh, sound treatment in the room. So no, no padding, nothing like that. And then with these mics, um, they are really good at picking up just my voice. In um, a podcast sort of sound, but it doesn't pick up all the ambient noise around. So sometimes those other mics can pick up room noise a little bit more. Um, and you'll notice that some of the the Shure mics are better. When I'm really up close, kind of it sounds like I'm in the room with you. You hear a little bit more richness in the voice. If I step back, um, you'll hear that's not quite the same sound. Um, so when I slide back forward, you'll hear this is kind of like the podcast sound so it is really good you can kind of set it in different ways and what's nice about the sure is that you can kind of set it to pick up be a little bit more gainful i guess and push the mic back and and have it pick up uh some of my voice when i'm a little bit farther i'll use this for work um and i'll push it out of screen um so i don't have to like talk like a podcaster to all my coworkers, which would be really annoying but then uh on weekends when we do record the podcast i'll pull it into uh you know four to six inches and record the podcast and set a completely different um setting profile so it's nice um you can kind of tweak it to what you need
1: in so terms kind of, uh, of sold on it. Now I kind of want to get that because yeah. that's the one that's yeah. in my shopping cart for yeah, I got it, literally um, a year and a half.
0: Uh, I actually got it on Facebook marketplace from a guy who had it for work and wasn't really using it very much. And I think I got like a hundred bucks off and it was in like great condition. So I would recommend that you get that because a lot of people will kind of overspend on a microphone before they realize yeah. that, you know, there's other things that contribute to sound quality or at least podcast quality. Um, and you might be able to get a good deal somewhere else. So I recommend most people to just start with what you have, um, focus on consistency and content. And then over time, if you decide that, Hey, like I, I want to have better audio quality for my listeners, then you can decide to commit a little bit more money in terms of monitoring. I have audio technica, um, M fifties. These are, I've had a version of these headphones for about maybe 15 years, like since college. Um, and they're really, really good. They're crystal clear. Um, they give you really good, realistic feedback. Um, have a lot of musician friends that that use the same so yeah this is my second pair that i've had in as as long of time but um once you kind of warm them up and burn them in they sound incredible
1: nice i love it yeah i guess like that's the one thing i'll add it for mine is like i have this and i for those that are watching like i just looked (laughs) but i have this (laughs) sure srh 840 over ear wired headphones and i've had this pair probably for like 15 to 20 years i got them for hooking into my guitar app because this was like what all like the guitar folks like recommended. Mm-hmm. And so they're just incredible headphones that I would recommend for, for anyone as well. I think the last thing that I didn't mention is that in terms of process when we're recording, so Jeff and I use Google docs. So, and Google drive to, you know, Everything's organized. We have a, a master p- spreadsheet with every single 110 episodes, and even just the future episodes that we want to. All of like the metrics that we can spill out, as well as a shared Google Doc for each and every each and every episode that we do. And so Jeff and I color coded it. I don't know how we color coded that or how we came on, but I'm yellow and Jeff is green, <laughs> and so it's nice as we like follow along. You can just kind of visually see like, oh, it's like Jeff's going to Mike's going to wrap up and do his talking points, and then Jeff's going to do his, and then. We've been using Zoom for video just to, it's more natural to, to see someone else instead of talking into the abyss. But this episode specifically is actually breaking that tenant because we're actually recording on Squadcast because Squadcast is, seems to be, seems to do the trick for recording really high quality individual audio files and video files um, with multiple people for, for interviewing. So yeah, Squadcast is something that we've given a, a nice two month test run on. Anything else, Jeff, that I think we missed? I think that's nothing, it,
0: right? Nothing too serious. Yeah, I think like some small accessories on my mic, like I'm noticing that I have the, um, not the, it's basically like a suspension thing that helps with um, like bumps on the desk. So you don't hear as much of that stuff, but um, it's not on a rigid boom mic. You'll see in the video as I'm kind of touching it. But other than that, no.
1: I mean, there's always <laughs> more
0: that you can get. But.
1: Yeah. I, something that I realized is I'm a total gearhead. Sometimes I like buying and looking for, or actually looking and then buying gear more than I do actually using it using it yeah it's, it's the it's the craziest thing I'm sure other people have it I don't know if you have it too Jeff but I it, like lately like for me it's been guitar stuff that I have to pump the brakes on because I used to play guitar a lot more heavily and so now I'm getting back into it again specifically like electric guitar so I used to have like four or five different guitar pedals and guitar pedals for folks that don't know is basically a way to change the sound by just pressing it with your foot. So like, as you're playing, you can just change the sound of it and you can tweak different like settings on it. Like if you want distortion for that metal sound, or if you want overdrive for that blues crunchy sound, or, you know, like a a reverb echo, you can do like any sound, you name it, there's probably a pedal for it. I used to have like probably six pedals and then I, I sold them all and now I'm Mm -hmm. like, shoot. Now I want to try them again Yeah, but now I have to pump my brakes. I've only bought like two pedals so far again, but I have like literally 10 in my shopping cart or in my like Amazon wish list because I have to pump the brakes because I will just buy them. But yeah, I, I just love buying gear. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know what it is. Cool. Shifting gears a bit. Um, we've obviously covered a bunch of different products and a lot of those product spaces overlap. What do you think are some of the most interesting product themes or product industries that we've talked about on the show?
1: I think off the top of my head like marketplaces kept coming up and mm-hmm. I thought it was super interesting from my perspective like we talked about it a lot in my MBA coursework of what is a two-sided marketplace and and how do you like adhere to the, the buyers and how do you adhere to the sellers and just the value in there and so it was nice to actually kind of break that down into like mini case studies cuz that's a lot of what you're doing in business school classes is like doing case studies. I see, in fact, sometimes it feels like that's what you do during every business school class. So I think the first one that comes to mind is marketplaces. I think second for me that was interesting were productivity tools. I I think like you and I are definitely both experimenters and we like to find new workflows to improve upon things, you know, anything from like the Tables and Figma's of the world. and, And I think one that's top of mind for me this year is is Notion. So we had recorded this back in July of 2022, about eight months ago. And I just started using Notion a lot more heavily specifically because I listened to like the Tim Ferriss, James Clear podcast about goal setting and how they were like James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits. And he was talking about his process for intaking things and ideas for new books or new blog posts. And he said, just keep it as simple as possible. He actually uses Asana for idea collection. Mm -hmm. Which is weird. It's not like a tool that you would normally think of for that, but he's like, that's where, that's where all of my workflows currently exist today. So I just dump everything. I just tag it with however I'm going to tag it. And then I organize it later into whatever bit broad strokes and themes. So for me, I like the idea of that notion is this kind of continuously running kind of like endless and flexible productivity tool. Mm -hmm. that you can continually build on. So I'm actually experimenting with all of my resolutions, my New Year's resolutions, and putting them into the Notion workflows. And that's definitely a big break for me because I was actually looking back at my previous New Year's resolutions. They're all in Google Docs. I have them starting in 2012. So I literally have 10 years of... 10 different Google Docs of like what what, like, what are my New Year's <laughs> resolutions and how they're always the same, like lift more weights, <laughs> eat healthier. And I haven't yeah. been adhering to that. But this is this year is going to be different, Jeff. It's a, it's a new <laughs> mic. But we'll see if Notion can, can help me do that. But those are the two that are top of mind for me. How about, how about you? What do you think were the most interesting product themes that we, that we did?
0: So it's kind of skimming through. Obviously, marketplaces did come up a lot. But what I have noticed is like, I want to say like 90 or 95% of these companies have adopted some sort of subscription-based model. And mm-hmm. I know that subscriptions like the thing, right? Like there's no more perpetual. Everyone likes to do subscription. But I am curious, like there will be probably a time in the future where there's going to be a new pricing model that is maybe different or interesting. Um, I don't know if it's going to be some combination of, I don't know, perpetual plus, uh, plus subscription or used-based. But I just think it's very interesting that everyone has a model like this. And I do suspect that in the field, the only, I guess, exception is like social media, where the model is not, you don't pay for the, the service, yeah. like ads pay for the service. But I'm curious, like there's gotta be more revenue models out there that maybe we're not aware of, or we just, I'm, I'm curious about what new types of businesses would spin up because of the new totally. types of revenue
1: models. Top of mind that like just off the cuff is like microtransactions, like, imagine mm-hmm. if instead of the ad support this is what they kill social media or it's all like to, to pay to post change it yeah i mean not even pay to post but just like 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 it could be pay to post but even on like the receiving side is like paying like 0.0 paying like a penny for for an article or two pennies for an article mm-hmm. and you just have this like wallet like that's online and that you can just pay to cuz like sometimes especially for like the creator economy you just want to like say like that was awesome like i listened to like the Cover One podcast, which is this Buffalo Bills. It's like it started off as two guys like just you know talking about the Bills, and they were super consistent and super good. And they've blown up into like you know twenty thousand subscribers, and they're sponsored by like these the same companies that sponsor like the national or like the you know the major pod, the major like o- like audio that and media personalities that cover the Buffalo Bills. Um, they have the same sponsors, and it, it's super interesting to see how much they've grown. I, I sometimes i just want to be like hey here's like a buck like here's like a, like a dollar yeah. to like listen to this podcast so i think there's some of the stuff out there but it's like it's different because it feels bigger and harder to give someone like two dollars but if it was something like pennies it's like yeah i can do that like whatever so i don't know
0: huh yeah it's gonna be like office space where people are stealing fractions of a penny and then getting rich <laughs> off that Yeah, I don't know. I I think that, like, the only other way I can think about this is, like, there are one-off services that you pay for. I think of, like, Uber and Instacart where you pay for one ride. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not technically subscription, but then they still offer subscription model services. Like, you know, like, they both have, like, a premium pass that they're experimenting with where you can get better rates, uh, faster service, or guaranteed five-star drivers, like, things like that. Um, So that's all... and this is where I'm talking about. Like I think Uber started as like you paid for the rides that you take, but then they are like, "How can we generate more revenue? How can we build something into like a subscription model? And then so, I do think that like as people get more creative with how you can generate revenue, you tend to build products around how you earn money. so which which seems backwards, right? Like usually you' like, "I have a product, I need to sell it. Here's se- se- several ways I can sell this product, but totally I oftentimes see that companies will be like, "Oh, some people like this model of paying." Um, because it fits their lifestyle better. So how can we fit our products around that model of paying instead of the other way around? So yeah, just kind of a thought. I think um, I'd be curious to see how that changes over time. And like, I don't know how much other utilities like exchange will make a big difference. Like, I don't want to dive into crypto or like (laughs) our Web3, (laughs) but the thought of like exchanging utility is something that might be interesting. Maybe you don't pay by subscription, but maybe you provide some other service and in return you get something else. Um, so that would be kind of an interesting thing too, but yeah, sure. I think that, I think it's a long time. It took a long time to go from, uh, perpetual licenses to subscription licenses. I think it's going to take another long time to go from subscription based to the next big revenue model. But, um, I, I am curious if there'd be some way or something that pops up next.
1: Yeah. If any of our listeners have a good idea, let us know. And Jeff and I will get on the ground floor <laughs> so yeah. really big, really early. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Well, what do you think, Jeff? We're you the most wrong about, like looking back.
0: What were we the most wrong about?
1: Um, maybe like Snapchat. I'm like going through our list, you know, of, of things that we rated highly. I mean, so in in general, like our, like our rule for like rating for anything anything that was four stars and above, Jeff and I would use. And anything below, we wouldn't. I mean, there are definitely some things that we said we would use and I still didn't use. Um, (laughs) Totally.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, we tend to do that where we give it like a four star and above and we don't use it often. One example is like Masterclass. I think we gave it a decent score. And then I found myself, even though I subscribed to it via work, like for one year, um, I didn't use it. And then I subscribed again because I was like, I'll use it this year. And then I, I went through one series and now I'm like, oh, do I really think I'm going to watch a few more of these? I'm not sure. So that's one where I think that I gave it a high score because I wanted to try it. And now that I've tried it, I'm like, oh, now looking at the content, I'm like, maybe it's not as high of a rating as I would have given it before. So I I think some of these things, obviously, we have a better perspective now that we've used the product and have our own opinions. It's natural because we can't have used all these products all the time. Um, and Sometimes we have an outsider's looking in perspective, which I think is also interesting because it provides like a you know, a lot of our listeners may not have used these products as well. So they also have an outsiders looking in perspective. But yeah, that's one I think that I would probably notch down a little bit in hindsight.
1: Yeah. It's interesting with Masterclass because like, that's one of the ones that we were furthest aligned on, like misaligned on. You were 3.8, I was 4.6. And Masterclass subscription just, just wrapped up and that was a huge bummer. I think looking <laughs> back, it, it just it just seems super expensive. I think that's like what I can't yeah. wrap my head around. What I would do though is pay like twenty bucks for just a specific course from that sure. from like one specific person, and that's like. And I think that's why I haven't like subscribed again for like two hundred dollars or whatever. Like it was great; it was a great gift. Like it was awesome for the classes that I got, mm-hmm. and I would probably gift it to other people and would love to get it as well for free. But for me, it's it's hard to justify that value. Um, yeah, I think for me, like the flip side of like what we are the most wrong about is like products that I would up my low rating. And so one of them is actually be real. <laughs> so I don't know if you've been using be real, Jeff, I actually don't see you on be real, but I rated it a 3.8 and I probably mm-hmm. would put it back up to like a 4.1. Cause I've been using it every day and it's actually really fun. And oh, interesting. If I remember whole-
0: you were talking about how weird it was to use be real. Like it felt like it was unnatural. Yeah. and now you're using it a lot. So that's cool.
1: And the reason why I like it so much is it feels like a healthier approach to social media where it's, it's time bound. And I find myself, I probably spend like 10 minutes on the app every mm-hmm. day, but it's it's hyper, not even that much, probably like five minutes, maybe even less than that. Like I'll, like you can't curate the poacher because like for folks that don't know, Be Real is like a new social media app. It's French and it sends you a random notification and you have to take a photo from your front screen and your back screen. Um, so you're f- forward facing camera and like whatever's in front of you. So you get like your view of you looking at something and then you can react to other people's. But you can't just react with an emoji. You actually have to make your own emoji. So I have to like give a thumbs up or I have to like make a heart face. I don't even know how I do that. I've actually only <laughs> made two faces because I don't know how to make any other faces. Um, but it's super interesting because like I- I'm not like doom scrolling. I'm not like, oh, like they the mm-hmm. perfect life is just like, hey what are my friends up to? And then I'll comment, be like, oh, like you're, you know, doing blah, blah, blah. Or it's like, you said you wouldn't do that anymore. And so that's, I think, super interesting to me. And then the other one, like I mentioned earlier, is just Notion. Like I'm, I think I'm going to start using it pretty heavily. I just, Mm -hmm. I love how it's endless and, and, you know, you can keep adding things to it and there's all these integrations, but would you up any of your reviews, Jeff, looking back? You're pretty critical looking at these are (laughs) a lot more than me. I'm pretty critical I feel like for me it's pretty rare
0: that I will have evaluated something and then I'll decide to use it it's usually like I've already made some outsider's decision of like I am or I'm not going to use this pretty quickly um, would I up any of these try to skim through and see if there's anything that I'm using more frequently than I was before
1: totally I don't... definitely we work you'd up we work from a 3 <laughs> right solid 5 <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know if there's anything here where I'm like, I'm definitely using this, using this more than I was before.
1: Um, like you had T9 texting at 3.8 and you had Rover at 3.7, like you know, smashing buttons with your, you know, your fingers versus calling anyone from the internet to come watch your pet or walk your dog.
0: But that that was also for different reasons.
1: I I gave a I know, lot of
0: I people know. credit for historical changes. <laughs> yeah, <that> trajectory. <laughs> all wanted. that nostalgia. It's not like I'm giving T9, like, T nine. Like it's not like I use T nine now. Um, I don't know. What did I give TurboTax? Oh wait, all, you wanted something all that T9. goes higher. Also, LastPass is kind of disappointing me recently. I'm I'm giving you more disappointments than moving things up. But uh, I'm, just, I'm just getting more critical. I'm getting more critical. <laughs> LastPass recently had a, a pretty big breach. That was re- really disappointing.
1: What did I give Aura Ring? Ooh, that's a, that, that's actually a good one. Cause you've I've seen that thing on for a while. You gave it a 4.4. 4. I might bump that up. I won't bump it bump up. A it whole up. Lot. I might bump it up to like
0: a 4.5. And here's the reason. I wear it every day. Um so so far it's stood the test of like being a habitual thing. Whereas like I could never get to get used to wearing an Apple Watch. Um and I looked at my score every day, and then this year for new year's resolution i'm like i'm gonna improve my sleep and i start to actually pay attention to like the different inputs of my sleep i watched that one sleep masterclass, started implementing some things and i've been watching my sleep score go up and that's been really exciting so yeah it took me a long time to like actually i've Mm -hmm. had it i've been tracking a bunch of stuff for a while and it finally took me a long time to like get into the mode of making changes but now that i've done that i think it's like been a pretty fun experience so yeah i'd give it a a higher score than before i love it so um okay shifting gears here what products do you think we should revisit in the future i think this is a good question for some products that have like changed a ton since we've actually reviewed them um and of course we've been doing episodes for quite a while our first episodes came out um sometime late we recorded them late 2020 i think we started releasing them early 2021 so yeah, it's been quite some time now. Um any any particular products you think we should bring back onto the show?
1: Man, I, like the the first two episodes, like Dropbox and Netflix, I would love to record just because my audio was god awful. I think I had <laughs> like I think I had like the wrong microphone being attached and I just, mm-hmm. we just didn't want to record, but I was just I would have just bitten the bullet and and re-recorded that. It's funny because like just looking and scanning through here, we did Twitter. And that was pre Elon Musk. Like we, we mentioned that they might get acquired or that was kind of like fake because it was like right around May mm-hmm. when we announced that. And it's, which is cool. Twitter is actually our second longest episode. So Elon Musk episodes are, are long. It was 38 minutes. <laughs> so Twitter yeah. might be interesting right now just because like from a product perspective, they're launching a lot more things and experimenting in public a lot more, which is interesting. I think we could yeah. talk a lot about all of that, even though. Elon's strategies might be right, but he's just being a total asshat about how he's going about it. Um, Um, I think
0: ones that I would be interested in putting back on the show now are things where they had a moment and they don't have that moment anymore. For example, like um, Clubhouse. Uh, I don't know if we talked about Clubhouse during or after. Wordle is one I think when we had the show, it was like really, really popular. And since it's kind of, you know, the fad has kind of died out. And I also think that there are some where there's some interesting things going on with the overall macro environment. Like I think Slack is really interesting right now because they're kind of facing a weird uphill battle. There is a lot of internal change uh, with leadership. Um, They're fighting a really big battle with Microsoft Teams right now in that given that most companies have uh, an existing 0365 account and they just got Teams for free. So naturally they're using Teams. They don't feel like Slack is a big enough change for them. And that's really been hamstringing Slack's growth. And then, you know, the other thing is they're under Salesforce leadership, which is its whole whole own thing. Um, But yeah, there's a bunch of stuff there um, that I think is really interesting. And then one other thing I think I'd be interested in revisiting is Airbnb. I personally felt like the quality of Airbnb has been going down over time Yeah. now that the era of quote unquote free money is no longer around. (laughs) But where like it feels like you're paying the exact same price for an Airbnb that you would get hotel. for <laughs> yeah, a hotel <laughs> and you have to do all the chores. So I still think it's good for certain instances, like yep. pretty good for large parties. But if it's just like you and one other person trying to get a, a room in a city, it's not that cheap to do an Airbnb anymore. So I personally think that it's not quite the same as it was at one time.
1: Yeah. It's super interesting that you mentioned all of those. Yeah. and I hundred percent agree with Airbnb. I haven't stayed in an Airbnb in a, probably since 2020. And I don't think it's been three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm going back unless it's like a super big party. Like you said, it's interesting. Like I love that as maybe a potential theme of like the, the one, like from a timing perspective, like you said, like clubhouse was, I think we were at the tail end of the peak. It was like collapsing very, yeah. very fast. <laughs> um, and the other, what was the other one that you mentioned aside from? Wordle. Wordle. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause I barely use Wordle anymore. I probably do it like once. a uh, Yeah. Like once every it definitely month. died out. Yeah. It's like completely D-E-D dead. Well, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's start wrapping this up, Jeff. Rapid fire. So, favorite episode, least favorite episode, most memorable. And what's one product that you wanted to do, but we didn't get a chance to in 110 episodes? Um, I'll let you go first.
0: Let's see. Favorite episode. That one's hard. I think there's so many products that we've gone through. And then my interests change over time. Let me just skim through this and pick one that I've liked kind of recently. I think that like, like the productivity ones are really interesting. So like Figma, I think is a really interesting one. And I think again, like I would love to have that back on the show. Um, in terms of least favorite, the ones where I haven't gotten a chance to really use it or it feels like it's very niche. Like uh, what did what was one that we did kind of recently? Plex. Like Plex was a really weird one for me to do because I haven't used it as much as you have. And I felt totally. like it wasn't able to con- kind of contribute just as much. So maybe that was one of my mo- more like least favorite ones in terms of like most memorable ones. I really like doing ones where we give a shout out to like smaller startup companies that are able to like, they like yeah. go and listen to our episode. So which one was that? What was that company? Gum, Gumroad? No. Um, it was a company about uh, like an external composter um oh that one yeah. yeah yeah that one was really cool because we got like fan mail from them that were like hey at lunch we listened to your podcast and that was just like a really awesome experience it kind of breaks the totally. fourth wall so for me that was super super memorable in terms of a product that we didn't get to that we wanted to I actually just thought about this now so i'll bring it up is we've never talked about descript on the show and it's a core product that we use to actually bring the show to life so i think between descript and Squadcast, we've never like broken the fourth wall and done a lot of podcast type products on on our podcast Uh, but that would be kind of interesting to do in the future because i think we are in some ways like power users now and so we can provide a different perspective than we have for some of these other products what about you favorite least favorite most memorable and then a product that you want to you want to cover the next time we go back to our normal format
1: yeah i love these as themes like i think you know jeff and i we kicked out around like mini seasons of like 10 episodes that are batched together specific specifically targeted around like one theme. So I love the uh, like some of the ones that you that you mentioned, be it like productivity or podcasting. I think mm-hmm. those could all be cool, like themes. I love like the the fourth wall, like breaking of podcasting. There's so many people that I could think of that I'd want to interview <laughs> on the on the podcasting side of things. In terms of favorite episode, like one of my favorite episodes that we've done was actually Neuro. Um mm-hmm. Neuro is like the robotic autonomous car. And I think One of the reasons why I enjoyed that one so much was because I probably spent the most time prepping for that one. Like I just I spent a lot of time like looking at the you know all their YouTube videos that they had, just diving into the technology, like thinking a little more deeply about what is the future of autonomous vehicles inside Mm of, um, you know, just in in the future. So that one was is definitely top of mind. Least favorite, I think some of the. the productivity tool ones that I just had no idea. Like I, like I had no idea on notion, which was interesting. And I actually mm-hmm. ended up loving that, but I yeah. guess maybe like some of the ones that kind of felt like maybe repetitive, like Trello. But again, I think that was a super valuable episode. I'm also a golden retriever. So I love everything. So I think this is <laughs> a really hard question for me to answer. Maybe like T9. Cause like, it just doesn't really fit like our, our bill for, for what we do and, mm-hmm. and who we are. But yeah. It's a good question. In terms of most memorable for me, I think the most memorable for me, it's a really hard question. Just like scanning through all these. It's funny because I can remember like all of our conversations, like we did ChargePoint because you were renting the Tesla and driving across like, you know, and like it can look back to all these things. Um, But like maybe like like Nespresso, like that was like about a year ago from from now that or when when we did that. And the reason why... I, I was like transitioning jobs, so like I think about all those episodes when we were in the context oh. of it, I, was, I was switching jobs. Yeah, uh, and the products that we didn't do that I wanted to get to, probably something guitar related um, is something that I would do because it'd be hardware and, phys- and, like, and, and physical. Then and I'm getting back into guitar playing, so mm-hmm. not that I wasn't not into it, but I'm getting more into it. I don't know ebbs and flows. Um, yeah, but yeah, some something surrounding guitars. But yeah, that's that's it. And so. That This was all a lie, Jeff, because I'm looking here at the recording clock and we are at 47.27. (laughs) So this is actually- Now this is our longest longest episode. Yeah. So I was actually lying when I said it was Twitter and Tesla at 39 and 38 minutes, respectively. It is now episode 111, the Jeff and Mike mega recap episode. But cool. Well, those are our thoughts on us. We'd love to hear from you, our audience. So please keep reaching out to us, engage with us on Instagram and Twitter. You know where to find us. It's Products Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast.
0: Yeah. And if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. Keep an eye out for season two. Uh, we'll be changing up our show format. We'll bring some folks on that uh, show. We'll be interviewing them. But otherwise, we'll see you next episode.